Society has changed drastically since the early 1900s. We do not have access to online payment systems, one-day delivery, and thousands of advertisements targeting us daily. Now that we have the world at our fingertips, along with an overabundance of information, it can be easy to get sucked into our world of keeping up with the Joneses. Today, we're going to talk about three reasons why we believe you're living paycheck to paycheck so you can begin to live the financial life that you've always wanted. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We are financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and their teams across the United States. We are the owners of the Florida Veterinary Advisors and the hosts of this podcast, the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to provide a different way of thinking to make financial decisions easy so you can spend time doing other things. Make sure to check out all of our other great resources available on our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, articles, and even masterclasses are getting released soon. You can find them all by visiting flvetadvisors.com. And if you're finding this podcast to be helpful, make sure to take some time to rate and review us on Apple or Spotify, whichever platform you prefer. And if not, you listen to some other platform, stop by our Facebook page, The Smarter Vet Podcast, and write us a comment and follow us. All right. So three reasons... You're living, we believe that you're living paycheck to paycheck. It's, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I watched Home Alone the other day, but I just, earlier when I said three reasons you're living paycheck to paycheck, I just wanted to end it with you filthy animal. And then I was like, that's that's not very nice. Because filthy you need, animals, you need, they you need a machine gun too. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it kind of, but it's like, it's like, it's funny how it like came to my mind and I was like, you know what? Um, No, filthy animals need to be nurtured. They don't need to be shot at anyway. They need baths. That's what they need. need yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I know it might be a little early for some of you because I know the uh, Christmas season has begun for most. It's after Thanksgiving or just after Thanksgiving. So I hope all the holiday decorations are up. I know you were on your roof the other day, right? Yeah. I was hanging up my twinkle lights. They look fantastic. The twinkle yeah. lights. So interesting fact that let's throw this in here. Like as of 2022, like I don't know how many of you are actually aware of this, but if, if your household earns $200,000 or more before taxes, so that's before any deductions, 401k, any of that, you are within the top 10% of income earners in the United States. Like let that sink in for a second. That's incredible. So, you know, if you're a single earner, you know, you're not in the 10% if you're not above the 200 but that's like from a cash flow perspective, like that should mean a lot. As Paris Hilton would say, that's hot. Yeah, that's hot. To, to, and the, the thing is like when a lot of times people hear that, that yeah, go to Google, you can look it up. The household, there are a lot of stats out there. Some of them say 190, even if they say, even if you're 190, you're in the top 10%. Absolutely. What's crazy about this too, there's a saying from our, our good friend, Notorious Big, he wasn't a friend, he's been gone for a while, but he, he has a song, Mo Money, Mo Problems. And, you know, the more money that we make, the easier it is to spend. And it's really fascinating as we work with people on their finances that typically when you earn a lot less, people are a little bit more in tune with what they can spend and what they cannot spend. Because, well, if I have rent and I have food I need to pay for and, you know, I have requirements in my financial life, I have to be very careful. But basically, like as we earn more money, our wants and the things that we used to kind of 
defer or push to the side. I know CJ and I are guilty of this. Like as you start earning more income, it makes it a lot easier to like, you know, Christmas. <laughs> I was actually talking with my wife the other day and she's like, hey, yeah, don't buy anything. I'm, you know, Christmas is coming up and I'm like, but, but I, but I can't like, I don't, I don't need to really <laughs> think about it. And I'm like, I'm probably going to be disappointed because she's going to buy me something I didn't want, but maybe it's one of the well, things, I, but well, it's, I, it makes it a lot easier. Well, it's funny. Cause you say to buy things. It's funny. Cause you say, well, I, I, but I can, and it's like a lot of people think, well, but I can, but that's only if people are already saving the amount of money that they need to save. And if you're not, and and so you can, provided that you're like, okay, I just won't save any money this year. I can buy that car that I want, but I'm probably not going to save anything because that was, that's probably where whatever savings I would have made was just going to go out the door in that car payment or in, in actually buying the car. So that, that word can, we have to be very careful with like, well, we can, but it's like a lot of people have to really pause and go, but can I, like, can I really afford this or am I affording it? today at the expense of my future financial life. What's interesting thought as you're saying that CJ, there's, we've talked about before the happiness curve where there's a certain amount of money that would be needed to at least cover basic necessities in life. And then there's the part in your life where it becomes you have abundance and we tend to eat out more and we buy more things and you don't really think about it, which I'm sure of whoever is listening that you are identifying with some of this, you'll notice that you buy things that don't really consider what you're buying. You just do it, you eat out, you travel. And then there's others that are listening right now that you're like, you're probably like, yeah, it is a little tight and I'm trying to figure it out. We're going to give you some good stuff as we go further in the show. And it might surprise you that student loans play almost no part in how someone might living pay, be living paycheck to paycheck unless, they, unless, unless they've decided to make it that way, right? Unless they've decided to take all of their paycheck or every dollar that they possibly, like, they're living on ramen noodles in order to pay off their student loans which I think there's some upsides to that and there's some downsides to that. But I, the IBRs and, those, and the different types of plans that are out there have made it for a lot of you to be able to choose to reduce wh- whether or not you're going to put all of your money or some of your money towards your student loans or you're going to pay the minimum. You can pay the minimum. And even though there might be an issue with that over the long term, if you have a plan on how you're going to mitigate the risk of how that's going to affect you over, over the next 10 or 20 years, then you might actually find that you can pay the minimums and still be okay. If you're not sure about your loans too, you can always reach out to us. We're more than happy to chat with you about it. There are many options available when tracking your spending. If you're one of those people who want to live regret-free and save money, the best place to start is to understand where your money is going. You have the choice to use an online tracker, but studies have shown that those who actively engage in tracking their spending can have the most long-term success. We created an Excel file that puts your spending on one page and breaks down categories by averages and totals so you can actively be involved in your spending each day. The file can be uploaded to the cloud for easy access once downloaded. You can find the tracker by visiting tracker.flvetadvisors.com or view the show notes. To help with the tracking, we created a tutorial on YouTube that will show you step-by-step on what to do. Download the tracker now by visiting tracker.flvetadvisors.com. All right, so let's get into the three reasons why we believe that you're living paycheck to paycheck. I know that the first one that immediately came to my mind when Tom and I were, were thinking about this was uh, a lot of you don't have enough income. In fact, some people like will come to us and they're like, oh, I need to figure out how to save. I need to figure out how to spend less, spend less, spend less. And it's like, well, actually, we actually think you don't have enough income. Everyone's income needs are different, but some people may have elderly parents that they're that they're having to take care of. Some people may have, you know, eight kids. I've got a friend, one of my closest friends, he's actually got eight kids. His income's got to be substantially higher than someone who has two kids. 
And and so, you know, the, the amount of money just may not be there to actually pay for everything. And so that's when a lot of the times you, you know, you sit here and you go, why am I living paycheck to paycheck? I'm making 200 grand. I'm making whatever, whatever the amount is, right? Like, why am I living paycheck to paycheck? Is it really, you got to sit back and ask yourself, is it really your lifestyle or is it that you don't have enough income? I will say that kids are expensive. I think there's studies been done on them that to where hundreds of thousands of dollars from the age of zero to 18. And if you do have kids, that's a whole other question within itself. But I even today, what is it rent? And I think there's a little bit of price correction they're talking about even but rent is pricey. If you want to go buy a home. Yeah, it, it can be a lot grocery stores. I mean, I, I eat organic, a lot of the food that I purchase now. So it's like my grocery bill for three people. Ridiculous. I'm like, I spent what Yeah, <laughs> this month. So it's like, those could be things where it's like trying to just cover your basic necessities. Like, is your income not enough to at least cover those? That could be a reason why you're living paycheck to paycheck. And if, and if you, if you take a, if you sit there and you think that maybe you get more income, why don't you go interview some other companies? Right. Maybe you're at a place that they're paying you not enough. Maybe they should be paying you more, but you, maybe you don't even know and investigating just maybe what some other companies are willing to pay you for your for your work. You might actually find that there are companies out there that are willing to pay you 10 or 20 or $30,000 more per year. And you might you might find obviously everything needs to be looked at, not just from a monetary perspective, but also from a lifestyle perspective, because you don't want to go to a company that's obviously practicing bad medicine. You don't want to go to a company that's going to have a bad culture, but you might actually be able to find, go get out of your comfort zone and, and see what else is out there. Cause complacency can actually be hurtful to your financial plan. If you're not always trying to look for the best price for your labor. I know we, we talk a lot about looking for the best price for things that we buy. So if you're going to redo your kitchen, you don't just go with the first person that gives you a quote, right? You go to a couple different people. If you're going to replace the carpet in your house, you're going to go through a couple different companies to see what, what quotes you can get. So just like you would get a quote for anything, go get quotes for your own personal labor. Maybe there are other companies willing to pay more for what you're doing because complacency can be hurtful. Change before you have to. I love that phrase. I've heard that so many times. Change before you have to. Change before this not having enough income becomes so painful that you end up in debt or, or even a lot of credit card debt. Don't wait until the pain of staying is greater than the discomfort of the potential change. I know change is scary, but sometimes change can actually be very helpful, especially when it comes to the, the positive change that you can experience with your income. And to go on a flip side thought to this, which I think mirrors this really well, is like, let's say that you're, you're happy with where you are and you're not considering want to leave and you, know, you love the practice that you're working at, really being able to dial into what your worth is. Because a lot of, there's a, a veterinarian I was speaking with not too long ago. She was asking about contract, not contract negotiation, but more around going in to ask for a pay raise. This tends to be a very sensitive subject or very, it's an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of veterinarians because I, I know in the veterinary industry, there are a lot of them that will cut down on their prices, not recommend certain services and do certain things because they don't want the conflict. They want to avoid having to deal with that. So like, even if you are working somewhere and you can be able to prove what your worth is to your employer, there is a better chance that maybe you even could stay where you are and be able to negotiate more income. So if you have, because a lot of practices too, like little hindsight in here, they base your salary and your production based off of what you're doing on a month by month basis. So the services you're providing, the extra uh, medicines that you're getting people to purchase. 
So if you're providing more for the practice, but your income is not increasing and along with that, those are very important things you should be looking at too. Well, second reason why we think that a lot of people are living the paycheck to paycheck, at least for the people that we meet with and and the hundreds of people that we've, that we've talked to about their balance sheets and their income is they have no spending plan. That's a big one. Spending plans are, it, it's hard to understand how to make change when you don't have clarity on what's happening because you know, if money's coming in and money's going out and you're just actively just spending, uh, I always find people like, I don't know how to save money. And I remember when you and I, CJ, would sit down with people and talk with them about their spending. And when we could dial in, I always find it fascinating in the cash flow conversations that we have of, I don't know how much I spend per month. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's pull up the, let's pull up the spending plan, the, the tracker that we have, and let's look in and dial in to see what you're spending. And then using that as like a leaping stone to then be able to like, okay, well, let's use this as the base and then make tweaks along the way. Or, or, or the, the flip side of that, we go, okay, you make X amount of dollars, you paid X amount of taxes, you save X number of dollars, right? And we go through all the, the and then, okay, that leaves, you know, X number of dollars per month that you're spending on your lifestyle. Not one person, I, Tom, I cannot think of one person over the last 12 years of doing this, where when we found the number that they were spending on their lifestyle, someone had a response of, yeah, that sounds about right. It almost always is the, the the response whenever, like Tom and I will do this analysis. We go, okay, well, this means you're spending Y number of dollars on your lifestyle per month. Almost 100% of the time, someone goes, no, that's no, that's not right. That's too high. I don't spend that much money. Lo and behold, guess what? Yes, they do. Because they're not- It's actually more than that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes it is because we we over we overestimated what the taxes were, right? We we like we're like, okay, well, you're in a 24% tax bracket when they're really in a 22% tax bracket or whatever, right? Just something small, right? right. We're we're a little off. And so they're actually spending slightly more. And they say, no, that's that's not how much we can't, there's no way we're spending that much money. That, I hear that all the time. And so what's funny about that is most of the time, not it's not not like having a spending plan or not having a spending plan allows and you just let cash kind of flow through your life what ends up happening it's very similar to uh it's very similar to eating in fact if you think of your thanksgiving dinner plate whatever you let hit your thanksgiving dinner plate you're probably going to eat right it's like we right. they've talked about portion control with with even managing weight and all this other kind of stuff well guess what in fact our lifestyle We'll find places for money to go if money's sitting in our checking account because our checking account is, is, is essentially our proverbial Thanksgiving dinner plate. So if money's in our checking account, if I got $50,000 in my checking account, I'm going to spend money very differently on my lifestyle than if I had only $5,000 in my checking account. And so right. usually as your income increases, so does your lifestyle. And a lot of people, it's so small and it's so subtle and it creeps up on them, but their, but their lifestyle will actually slowly erode away they're, they're the income that they make because they don't, it's just not even, it's not even thought of. It's, they're just completely avoiding it entirely. Absolutely. What comes to my mind as we're talking about this, that we, you and I always talk about saving money and becoming a world-class saver, getting 20% of your gross income where, you know, spending plan could be obsolete, but then there are times like if you are saving 20% of your income and you keep dipping back into what you're saving, you might want to continue doing a spending plan for a while to create, because like really the whole goal of doing it is to create a habit and having a spending plan that you're doing for at least 90 days to understand what your behavior is. Because like what one thing is, I was reading something the other day, you don't need self-discipline forever. 
you need self-discipline to do something for a short period of time until it becomes a habit. So if you do it for enough time and you create that habit, you become more conscious, more aware of what you're spending your money on. And I will tell you, I think your rule of thumb, Brian, like how you handle your stuff, Sita, you're so just know what you're spending and you save enough that you're able to make adjustments. I'm a nerd. I love to track it. I actually was thinking about it earlier today. So I need to, <laughs> I need well, to update mine. Well, what's funny uh, about that is I tracked it for five years, mm-hmm. right? And so, and when you track it for that long, as your and as your income goes up and as you become more established in your career, you just end up not having to track it that much. Like, and, and I remember there was a whole year where my wife actually tracked it. I said, all right, sweetie, um, you, you're going to, you're going to track your this. turn, which, which she actually fought me. She's like, cause she's like, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm a hairstylist. I'm not a math person, but you know, and, and she's not a hairstylist anymore, but at the time she was. And, and I, and I remember t- talking to her and I said, um, she doesn't like paying for her hair for her, for someone to color her hair. So she has me to color her hair. I've got to color her hair. I color her hair once a month. Yes, I've learned how to do it. It's kind of, it's, I've been doing it for years and years and years. And I remember her saying, I Does was like, pay you? no, she doesn't pay me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> she doesn't pay me. I pay her. But, you know, she's like, all right, let's go to, let's go to steakhouse now. I'm like, all right, all right. I just got done coloring, coloring her hair and we got, and I got to just go spend my money. Right. So it's fine. I, I love her. So it's all right. But like coming back to like, I even, I, I told her, I said, I won't do your hair. If, if, if you don't track the spending, I won't do your hair. And she was like, fine, I'll track the spending for a year. And I taught her how to do it during the month of January. And she literally did it for a whole year. She would take our receipts. She'd put them in the Excel files. She'd track things. Sometimes she'd even get on me about something that I spent. Um, so, and that, that kind of, that actually kind of excited me because I'm a, I'm a weird guy like that. But anyway, I wish my wife would do that with me. I'm usually telling her, I'm like, bought more stuff off Amazon. (laughs) You bought more stuff off why do I see four different transactions from Amazon for a hundred bucks? Like what is going on here? So I would love for her to come back to me and be like, Hey, what did you just buy here? What are you doing? So yeah, no, uh, I don't think, I don't think Trish has that bone in her body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This, the spending plan is, it's incredible. Like if you're not tracking, like that is one of the best places to start because if you don't know where you're, where, what you're doing in the first place, it's hard to make adjustments. And the last thing that we've identified what why you're living the pay, potentially living paycheck to paycheck is you have lifestyle addiction. I mean, who does not have life? I mean, we're bombarded by advertisements like every day. I swear, like my entire Facebook feed, every two posts is like another advertisement. I'm like, Goodness gracious, this close out of Facebook. Well, and I think I think the word addiction can sometimes scare people, but what we really mean by that is that marketers know how our brains work and marketers know how to get us to feel discontent with our lives and where we're at. Right. And they know that if they can get us to feel discontent, if they can basically put a message in front of us that says your life is not fully lived unless you have this product, which they're very good at doing, let's be honest, right? If we're not aware of of all of the of all of the companies and all of the the spirits that are out there trying to get us to do things, trying to get us to buy this and buy that, and telling us that our lives aren't like our lives are not fulfilled unless we do these things, unless we go on trips to Europe or unless we buy that buy, buy those pants or whatever, if we're not careful, lifestyle addiction can take hold of us pretty stinking fast. And we're all, Mm -hmm. we're all susceptible to it. There's not one person that has, you know, even the people like I I noticed, I I know we've run across a few people, Tom, where they're very frugal, right. And they don't spend money on anything. And even those people tend to have that 
one or two things. Those one or two things that if if they had the ability to to to, to buy anything of that one, like some like, and I always think of like some of our clients are like us where, where they they're technology nerds. Like I know for me. Lifestyle addiction can very easily be technology, like technology across the board. If yes. there's something that's new, you're the same way, Tom. I'm, I don't know why. I just bought a new robot vacuum. See, <laughs> gosh, just such a sucker, man. He's just such like, I am. although I, I please don't send me that link. Cause I'd probably end up buying it. So don't just keep it, keep it to it's, yourself. It's, it's, it's actually very awesome. Don't tell like, me I'm anymore. So don't tell me time. anymore. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> It's gonna. It's just gonna be another four hundred dollars out of my bank account, like in five seconds. So just don't. Gosh, man. So you know, and it's everything from electric cars. It's us uh, computer screens. Like there's always one thing or two things that people can get into that yeah. then they end up just kind of blowing the whole paycheck on, and it's and it's one of the emotional. It's purely emotional. Travel is a big one too because I know there's one of some of our clients that, you know, they love travel and it's like, there's nothing wrong with traveling, but it's really being able to set parameters. It's like, you can't just sit here and it's like, even like you have a house and you want to keep doing things on your home and you just keep spending money and doing stuff for your home. Um, if it's not really providing you a return, like, and you're just buying things and it's depreciating stuff like TVs and furniture and whatever it is, like those can be really you know, really bad things for your finances too, if you're not creating parameters. So everything's good in moderation. I think, you know, you can buy stuff and do the things that you want to do, but if you are kind of living high on the hog and, you know, you do realize you're not really tuning in what your spending is, like you might have to sit back and be like, am I really being a little excessive in what I'm doing? I will say one more thing about lifestyle addictions can, can be helpful too emotionally. Mm -hmm. So, you, it's just a matter of choosing your lifestyle addiction. Like what, what is safe? What, allow, what, where, which, which lifestyle addiction allows for both the ability to feel emotionally satisfied, right? May, what, may, even if it's something like traveling where it lets you get away and clear your mind, that kind of thing, where it's emotion, right. emotionally beneficial, but then also financially not going to completely ruin you because any which way, one way, the other, it's, it's going to create some sort of havoc uh, in your finances. And usually when there is something wrong in your finances, it filters into your mental health at some point. It may not be Absolutely. now, may not be now, it might not be immediately, but at some point that will filter into how you, how you are able to um, feel uh, at some point. Smarter Vets, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please help us spread the word about the podcast by liking our page on Facebook, the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode or if there are some of the others you haven't listened to and you enjoy multiple Share this one or other episodes with a friend or two, maybe three, uh, and help others be able to enjoy the same great content that you're listening to now. And stay tuned shortly as well. We will be having master classes that are going to get released. We're very excited about that. I'm CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seiko. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.
CJ Burnett and Tom Seiko are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seiko's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-165540 expires December 2025.